the emergence of clean beauty, mana clean, that's going to be something that I think is going to be good for everybody in the world, uh, especially on the sustainability side. As you think forward, how do we do it better for the earth and still achieve the attributes and the things that consumers want? And that's exciting because it really forces you to think very, very differently. This is the Safari. The Safari is a tour around the consumer, brand, and retailing industry. And we have the great privilege here at my company, Traub, to really be exposed to many of the great minds of the industry who are forming and shaping the future of many different parts of the consumer brand and retail world. And I felt it was quite interesting for us to be able to not only learn from all of those people as we do every day, but uh, memorialize it into a podcast which could then be shared with many of our friends and clients and, and you, obviously, the listener. Welcome back to The Safari, and I could not be happier today to be talking to Bob Jagley, who is a friend, a colleague, and the CEO of Mana Products, which is widely known to be one of the greatest contract manufacturers in the prestige beauty space worldwide. And he has come to Mana, uh, now he's been there for quite a number of years, but he has come from a very diverse background within manufacturing, within contract manufacturing, from some of the biggest names uh, in the world. So he's not only uh, a great leader of people, he is a a great operator and, and frankly, a man about a factory, let alone man around the, the beauty industry. So we'll talk a lot about the global beauty industry, where it sits today, uh, given the shakeups around the world and how and what it takes to manage today. So let's get started. Bob, thank you for joining me on the safari. Hey, Morty, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, what a, what a great treat. And, you know, full disclosure, obviously, we are partners uh, in crime together at Mana Products and, and Tribe Capital. And um, and I think it's just a, a great treat for us to be able to shoot the breeze a bit about the state of the state of the industry, the state of the world. Um, and it gives me a little um, joy to to brag about how wonderful you guys are and you as the leader of your wonderful team. You really have assembled sort of a, a group of ninjas that we couldn't be prouder to be associated with. Um, and so, you know, before we launch into um, too many specifics, give a little bit of background on yourself and uh, and maybe about MANA itself as well uh, sure. in the contract manufacturing space. Great, Morty. Thank you. Yeah, about myself, it, it would be disclosure to say I've been around a long time, uh, which might age me a bit, but that's okay. It's a, a lot of experience in especially the consumer world, uh, both in, in cosmetics, prestige, uh, consumer products at the, uh, the, the level of the bathroom all the way through. Uh, including in that is food. I've had a, some time in food. And most of the time is spent on a global scale. So that we've, from big companies to small, I've had global experience and exposure. And, and that's come in uh, really, really useful as we emerge into a bigger and more important global world. Yeah, yeah. And so the history of MANA, which you joined, was it four or five years ago did you join? Yeah, yeah, five, five years ago now. It's, uh, it's been an exciting time at MANA. But it's a 45-year-old company, correct? It is, yeah, it so, is. So maybe tell, tell everyone a little bit about um, 
the innovation and the 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 wonder that was Nikos and what he built and uh, the late uh, Nikos Mouyaris and, and what he built and where we are today. Uh, Nikos founded a terrific company 45 years ago and 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 all of it based on innovation and the opportunity to to look out into the world and say this is new this is different this is how it will help you in the in the beauty industry on a prestige scale. So 45 years ago he, he really started with press powders. And it was a simple little press that he did by hand. Uh, and he started in Manhattan. And he's always been committed to New York City. He's New York City proud. When we moved into Long Island City, it's been a commitment to stay and be. And we continue that. And thank you for, for helping us do that as we've come together this year with Traub and Mana. So the emergence of Mana has been fantastic. We have terrific customers. The reason we have them on a global scale, is because we've always focused on innovation. And it's been their key driver for us all these years. It's a collaborative effort internally. Uh, it's cross-functional. We utilize a lot of our people to think about how we do it, from labs to chemists to marketing people to salespeople to customers and consumers as well. So it's a really collaborative effort, and we, we really strive to stay ahead of the leading edge of what's going on out in the globe. And so for those people who don't necessarily know how the beauty business is done globally, um, describe for them the fact that you have, and the clients we cannot name, but nonetheless some of the largest incumbent businesses in the world and some of the most famous independent brands in the world coming to you to seek out the coolest, the newest, the cleanest, uh, the most technologically advanced formulations because they can't do everything in-house, correct? Oh, that's correct. I mean, their, their forte is really the marketing and the end user. Uh, they bring the concepts to you, and they'll also count on you to bring them the same thing. Uh, but their forte is out there to the consumer level. It's not necessarily innovation. Uh, if you separate the bigger ones who self-manufacture and have innovation labs to the smaller, more indie independents who have none of that, they really do rely on you to take a look at the features and attributes and bring something forth that they can market effectively. So they're very different, uh, but both of them count on us. They've recognized us for our innovation, for our quality, and absolutely our delivery performance. So it, it's really important. You know, some of them will think about it's not invented here. Uh, we don't run into that too much when they see our products and they touch it and feel it and realize the features and attributes that fit their portfolio, mm -hmm. uh, we're often running with the brief, and we usually get every one of those awards. Yeah, and so when I was I've, I was struck walking around with you on numerous occasions now, uh, the, the factory and then obviously the lab, uh, very importantly, um, how many young female scientists were there? Uh, I, I looked at them uh, and said, wow, you know, we actually have the end consumer making... And, and, and conceiving and dreaming up these incredible uh, lotions and potions and, and, and ways of doing better in beauty. Um, can you sort of square the circle a little bit there and, and, and sort of describe a little bit sort of the, the behind the scenes of, of Chris Kyrus's incredible team and, and your wonderful uh, innovation leaders? Well, that, that's a great point. And the interesting thing is they, there's a diversity of it, both in age, the young ones, the new and the emerging thoughts about how things are, to those who have been there and experienced a long time. And then it's also, as you notice, as you walk around, it's, it's multicultural. And that helps us really capture 
uh, firsthand what's going on on a more global scale. So Chris has developed a, a terrific team in three key categories, skincare, color cosmetics, and hair care. So it's, it's really uh, it's fun to watch. Uh, and that's something maybe people don't know, actually, that, you know, Mana's heritage and history was indeed color. But now there's a huge ability in skincare, which obviously is uh, very important today. Well, that's that's absolutely true. We've been fantastic at color, well known for it, lesser known for skincare. However, many of our customers who know us for that, as, as the uh, emergence of skincare has gotten so important, have now looked back and saying, oh, I didn't really think about you for that. Wow, that's a great product. That's a great demonstration that we recently saw. We've always had the capability, and we've shifted more to it because of the market change. And have you found that the abilities in in color uh, and and, and your your cross-functional ability in product classification has led you to a place to be able to hybridize some products from one area to another and to be creative across uh, classification? I think it does. The the foundation of the chemist that's doing the work, it's very transferable on the base of what you're trying to perform. Now, they are different. Some of them are anhydrous, and then some of them are water-based. But we're in the clean beauty, we're trying to stay away from water consumption and water. But the chemist ability and skill sets that learned on the color side are nicely transferable. And it brings a nice texture. It brings a nice color. And there is a little color that goes with skincare. And you mm-hmm. want to make sure that either fragrance or color meet what you're trying to do, and especially with the diverse skin. Yeah, no, that, that's really important. And do, you, and do you feel that being in New York City, uh, you, you said uh, New York City proud uh, earlier, and in, indeed Queens proud. I love taking my bike over the Queensboro Bridge and, and you know, the graffiti and the, the, the skylines of, of New York. But it, it, you're also in the epicenter of you know, New York City's cultural uh, uh, and fashion and sort of global uh, abilities. And that must play a lot into how you do business and the people you're able to attract, I'd assume. Oh, I think it's an absolute important part. We're right in the epicenter, as you said. We're right here where the core of the customers can be and oftentimes want to be. And if they're not here, they like to come here. We're in the middle of a very diverse population, which makes it really wonderful because then we understand better the globe. The, the New York City area is so diverse that it's amazing and as you go around to other areas, it's not quite the same. So we, we do have access to things that you wouldn't get anywhere else in, in the world. And you touched on um, clean. So everyone knows that um, sustainability, corporate social responsibility, and all the, the progressive ways of thinking about our planet and indeed our bodies and skin um, have had some, uh, at least, leadership from Sephora. It's a quite well-known um, fact that they released a few years ago, their view on what clean is. I believe that um, in the works today is effectively what I would call mana clean. Um, and that you're, you're saying, oh, fine, well, as chemists, as experts from our laboratories, if we're really going to shine a, a spotlight on ingredients, on efficacy, and we really want to understand you know, what potential harm any product could bring either the planet or the individual, um, you have, I think, tried to take it a step further, uh, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you're absolutely right. We look at whether it's Sephora and others, and we get the collection of everybody's view, and they're all different. And We try to take the best of the best and call it manaclean. 
And if it's mana clean, we're, we're really happy about it. If we're formulating to that, we believe that we can touch all those potential and existing customers in a way that will give them the confidence that what they're putting forth to their customer is on spot with what's going on in the world today. And clean is huge. Uh, from palm oil certification, uh, we'll be certified there next year uh, to sustainable palm oil production. All those things are really, really important. So we stay really close to all of the constituents that go into that, as well as our suppliers and the supply chain that provides those. And are there any um, ingredients that, uh, off the top of your head, you can think of that are maybe now being reviewed, uh, or is it um, too early to, to say? Well, it, it's a little early, and there's so many that emerge from time to time that you got to keep your list handy, and you got to stay ahead of it. And we really have a, a beautiful regulatory team. Mm-hmm. We have five people in that group that are dedicated to making sure that we're at the front end of all of these things that emerge so that our customer can really focus on that, as I said earlier, their forte, the marketing side of it, bringing the best product to the consumer. The, the CEO of Mars the other day um, said, um, what my cl- customers say and what my customers do um, is very different when thinking about eating chocolate. Um, and so he, uh, he very famously sort of made a big statement about that and about the future of his business. Um, I think in inside of COVID, uh, the lockdown, um, the consumer's um, view of the world uh, amplified even more around sustainability and around um, clean beauty and, and, and indeed many other products. And do, do you feel, though, that in some instances, um, brands and even the consumer can uh, cut their nose off despite their face uh, around certain elements of beauty that in, indeed maybe have been overinflated as an issue, um, which makes the manufacturing of those products so hard that ultimately you just don't have the ability to do do those things? That certainly does happen. Uh, To make it commercially effective and be able to bring it to market is a real challenge because there are rules and regulations as well. For example, the FDA has the uh, the efficacy requirements, they have the preservative requirements, and you got to meet those. And some of those uh, on a natural side are a challenge to do. Uh, it forces us as innovators to really, really work hard and meet all of that. But it is a challenge. And, you know, f- let's see, it was probably the l- early 90s when alcohol became the issue of the day. It, everything had to be alcohol-free. Now, recently, there's been a huge consumption of alcohol in a good way. Uh, so there, there are things like that that are they really issues? Sometimes it's hard to tell, uh, but the marketing of it can create the issue, and that happens, and, th- and that's okay. You just have to respond in a way that works well for the, the features that you're trying to put forth. But, yes, there, there are things. If you're first to make an issue of something, uh, you're ahead of everybody, and whether there's science behind it or no science behind it may take a long time to figure out. But in the meantime, you adapt. And I know that, you know, when you talk about innovation, obviously everyone goes directly to formulation and efficacy and ingredients. But it's also about um, thinking through where the end consumer is. Uh, obviously, this globalization versus localization and thinking through uh, who the end consumer will be of a certain product in a certain geography. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, that's really becoming important because the the world is obviously more global than ever. 
And you've got to really think regionally and locally about where is your product going. And you need to formulate for that region or that locality to understand it well. It dovetails into being in New York. We have a lot of the local input that talks to the global and the regional aspects out there. But you really need to understand if you're in the K-beauty piece, if you're in China, if you're in those other regions, you need to understand the demographics of that consumer to formulate. Otherwise, you're going to be a very narrow portfolio. Uh, so we, we take that very seriously. And um, ultimately, you have um, a lot of things in, going on in the pipeline. How, how would you... Uh, describe the industry today. Obviously, there are headwinds. Um, I've always been impressed how your business has a very wide variety of clients and providing a very wide variety of products so that you can obviously, um, on some level, go where the brands need you to go and, all, and, and also follow the brands, the ones that are, um, that are doing um, maybe in some inst- instances better. What's your general view on the beauty industry? Um, famously, Leonard Lauder years ago, the last recession, talked about something that was turned into the lipstick index, which I think today is recognized as probably correct, but now it's maybe more the aspirational index. Um, Prestige Beauty is obviously a um, the opening price point product in luxury. Uh, you know, you can buy a lipstick maybe for forty bucks. Not everyone can afford a $40 lipstick, but you can. everyone can buy a $40 lipstick um, because it's only $40. Bucks. Um, so to talk to me a little bit about the macro environment. You know, you've been in the space for a very long time. Um, th- there's headwinds that are you know, quite global right now. But ultimately, uh, as someone I think said on our, one of our colleagues, uh, Claudia Torelli said yesterday, uh, as long as there are still women in this world, dot, 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 I'll let you finish. <laughs> They will want to look pretty, and they will use the products that make them the most enhanced view that they could get. And it is headwinds. It's difficult. It's a tough market. And it's caused some serious shifts in how the market is perceived, how people go to market, you know, from QR codes to the augmented realities that are coming into play. As you think about sheltering in place and the things that have had to happen you just can't go out and now touch a product in a store. You can't do the testers that way. So you got to come up with a new way, whether it's augmented reality or direct to a consumer for a tester and things like that, so they can try the product out. Because it used to be a very touchy-feely thing when you went into the store. That was your experience. It was really, really fun to do. So now it's really shifted. Sheltering in place doesn't mean that there won't be consumption, but it's different consumption. And there's been a shift uh, a skincare shift. People still want their skincare regimen and the and the bio effects of that. And there's been an emergence there. We we've been ready for that, and and we work hard to make sure that we'll give our customers everything they can to support that shift. But it'll come back. It's timing. You know, it, we all hope that COVID doesn't last very long. We don't know how long it will be. It certainly has had an impact, but we've had to adapt. Mm-hmm. And and. People that shelter in place or even shelter at work, if you will, there's a different dynamic. Uh, They want to feel safe, but they also want to feel that what they're using and what they're doing is really fun for them. So beauty has always been a form of entertainment, especially as evidenced by YouTube. Oh, absolutely. 
you know, YouTube and, and all of the social media has become really a, a great place for the marketing side of it, but also for just the, uh, the people who don't really understand it but use the product get a much better understanding of what they're doing and how it applies to themselves and what's the best for them. We'll be right back. I want to take a second to explain to you why Traub is able to bring you the safari. We pride ourselves in being at the very center of a very global, very complicated consumer and retail landscape. And in our travels, as we help think, manage, and expand businesses in many different channels and geographies, we're able to meet and learn from some of the great minds in this industry. And it's really wonderful to be able to bring them to you. And in doing so, I hope that you, the listener, will be able to learn a little bit more about what we do at Traub as well. Back to the safari. So one of the areas I wanted to touch on is the entrepreneurial spirit um, that is at MANA and has been there for years. I think best uh, embodied by the Accelerator, which uh, is led by uh, Brenda Gallagher and who has sort of an encyclopedic knowledge of all the formulations that have ever happened at MANA. Uh, and talk a little bit about how that entity is able to support entrepreneurs who have a passion for launching uh, a beauty company. Um, they could be makeup artists. They could be influencers. Um, they could be um, a hotel uh, who'd like to have their own line. Um, it's amazing how you um, support some of the largest companies on the planet, but also the smallest. We do. And, and that's a great uh, point, Morty. As you get going into this business, if you're, if you're someone who wants to start a line, whether you're a person or as you said, perhaps a hotel or a salon owner, and we have many of those. It's a seamless way to start out with a small scale and get involved with access to our portfolio, which is thousands of formulas of base stock. So you can start as low as 1,000 units, and Brenda does a great job of explaining this to the people who are interested in doing this. And there's many examples of them that have been massively successful, and we've participated with many. Uh, we're the team behind the team, as you heard me say before, that people wouldn't know that we were the ones that innovated and drove that. But you can start out with as small as a, a thousand pieces and work with our stock for portfolio. It's terrific. You can have your name on it. And if you then graduate to a bigger level of scale, then you can even reach out into our labs and then learn how you can get color made your way, skincare made your way, because you've got a volume base now that goes beyond the normal. You yeah, can, so you graduate effectively. Yeah, you, you absolutely graduate. And it's, it's great because it, it minimizes their exposure at the front end, but grants them access to some really leading edge material to work with yeah. as they Including grow Including packaging. You have uh, all your resources behind you, plus some partnerships that are coming down the line, allowing Brenda and others to help people find the right marriage between product and packaging, correct? Yeah, we do. We It's full turnkey for the MANA Accelerator. And the beauty of that is that they can really focus on their marketing. Now, as you mentioned, we have a couple of global alliances that we've put together, and we should talk about that because now MANA has a global reach that we didn't have before. So we can scale from product in China to produce in China, to produce here, to source material, to go to the end side of it, 
with the packaging and right up to the store shelf. So we've recently uh, made that alliance. Uh, it's a terrific global alliance, and we're really excited about that. That's great. And so it's interesting talking about people. You know, you have a wonderful um, head of uh, human resources, Chip Ross, and uh, who, who who drives the the culture a little bit with you and tries to really um, accentuate and elevate everything that uh, Nikos Mouyaris put in place, the sort of the Mana family aspect of it. But I also noticed, you know, when looking at um, Derek Warner's team, who is the head of marketing and sales, um, that whether it's William or Giselle or Nicole, it's almost as if they're not actually Mana employees. It's, it's as if they are the employees of their clients who are embedded at Mana and who literally show up uh, on the factory floor, you know, uh, you know, ranting and raving about, will we be on time and how's it going? And um, talk about how that wonderful um, ability materializes uh, and maybe a little bit about the people because they're, they're these, you know, I talked about Brenda earlier, passionate people who care deeply about the industry, about the products, and indeed about their clients. Well, they're terrific. They're, they're an extension of the client. When they, uh, you mentioned a Giselle and a Nicole and, 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 and uh, William and others, when they take on a responsibility for the client, you would think they worked for the client. And in fact, they do. Because if they can do it well on our site and keep us in line with getting it done to the quality that's expected, to the timing that's expected, and the delivery performance, we all win. And they've done it really, really well. And it is almost a, a hybrid of entrepreneurship as well. They, they feel the brand. They understand the brand. So much so that, in Giselle's case, she's even asked to approve color on behalf of the client. That's how much they trust in her to do those things. So it's, it's, really, uh, it's really fun to watch the engagement. And people have embraced it really well, actually, because it, it is a pressure point. And when you're thinking about back and forth, back and forth, you know, whose team are you on? The one team that matters, the customer. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, given the importance of, of, of culture and, and of how you have operated uh, maybe more so than ever as one, one team, Talk a little bit about how you have managed through this pandemic as a CEO and, and trying to, to build your team together. What are the, the, the things that have emerged as the most useful trying to create team spirit in one of the strangest times in living memory? Yeah, it is. Oh boy, is it a, a strange time. But there's three key components that we, we tell everybody all the time. Focus on the customer, be your best self, and have fun. And the last one's a bit challenging, but the first two, they've figured out. Now, how we do that has to do with how we engage. So there's a really serious high level of communication about issues that are going on internally and around the world. And then engaging the team, whether it's cultural diversity team, whether it's solving the production problems, engaging the team to solve them. Because the collaborative team will always persevere and get it done opposed to the one. I can't do it all. I had a great team. If I didn't have a great team, it would be impossible to forge. But the engagement and getting them involved and the communication, and we've had a hallmark of that for a long time. We spend over 20 hours of offline time just in training, whether it's functional training, whether it's learning about a P&L, 
mm-hmm. and, and having the, the lunch cross-functional and, training. Yeah, yeah, the lunch and learns so that they understand the business of mana, and when they understand how they can influence the business of mana at every level, different role, same goal, it works really well for us, and I think that's been our success. And so, what are you what are you excited about? Um, you know, what, what's what's on your radar and, and, and in your in your uh, front window, as it were, uh, that's getting you um, pumped up for the next uh, 18 months? Well, I think COVID has forced us uh, to think differently. And that's what excites me. The beauty industry, I believe, is going to come back like it was. It, it'll emerge differently. But what's exciting about it is it's not the strongest that survive. It's those who adapt to change the fastest. And we've seen that. We're working on it. But I think we're all excited, especially on the skincare side. We know we're really good at the other side. We're really good at skincare. The emergence of clean beauty, mana clean, that's going to be something that I think is going to be good for everybody in the world, uh, especially on the sustainability side. As you think forward, how do we do it better for the earth and still achieve the attributes and the things that consumers want? And that's exciting because it really forces you to think very, very differently. Yeah. The uh, friend of mine, uh, Amanda Baldwin, who's the CEO of Supergroup, told me a wonderful expression that she'd heard from one of her advisors the other day, which was the return of the roaring 20s. And that in 2022, uh, when everything hopefully is in our rearview mirror, that the desire to, to, to be made up and to get out there and to go to parties and assemble once again will cause uh, a kind of an interesting resurgence of many different businesses that have had to be somewhat dormant. So um, do you think that um, in, your, in your view, based on the, your, your history, having gone through many different recessions indeed uh, in your career, uh, that there's merit to, to that belief that the pendulum will indeed swing back in the other way? Well, fortunately, we've seen it, and it always does. It's always a question of when. Everybody wants to know that part. When's this going to happen? It will happen. Theaters will get filled. Seats will get filled in stadiums. And, and But we'll do it different. We're going to look at each other differently. We might have loved to handshake and hug and kiss and do those things, but we're going to do it different, but we're going to get out there and do it. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, we're listening to the, the CEO of the team behind the best teams in the beauty industry. And it's um, really exciting to be uh, be able to call you a colleague and a partner. And um, we at Trump Capital are delighted to have that uh, relationship. We look forward to lock arms and do all the wonderful things that you just described. And so Bob Jagley, CEO of Mana Products, thank you so much for doing the safari. Marty, thanks for having me and and thanks for uh, joining us as a team and and with the one team, one goal. Uh, We're excited. If you want to learn a little bit more about Traub, you can go to traub.io where you'll learn a lot about everything that we do. If you're enjoying the safari, please do share it with your friends and colleagues within the industry. And please also don't forget to subscribe and like it. Until next time.